0: Emily Bolt. I'm an actor, teacher, and a new mom. Once I became pregnant, I went on a hunt for answers to all my questions about being a working actor mom. And what did I find? Practically nothing. So here I am asking all the questions to try to figure out how people do it. How are mothers balancing and not balancing? parenthood in this crazy industry join me and my amazing guests as we take a real look into the lives of working moms in the entertainment industry on this episode of mommy wood i'm chatting with andrea bogart who if you can believe it is just as beautiful on the inside as she is on the outside which is saying a lot because she is freaking stupid She is such a lovely, lovely, sweet, sweet woman, and it was such a pleasure getting to chat with her. Her beauty on the inside is definitely also a testament to not only being from the Midwest, nod to the Midwest ladies out there, um, but also the amount of focus that she puts on mindfulness and and self-improvement. And it was so cool to hear all about how much yoga and mindfulness has really impacted all areas of her life. We also talk about her having kids later in her life. She didn't have her first kid until after she was 40. We also talk about how she moved to Sonoma with her husband and how now with being in Sonoma and having two children she's had some of the greatest success in her career and had and is doing the best self tapes that she's done so it's really cool to hear that you know once you just start living your life then career can really put itself in place it's really refreshing to to hear that and makes me very hopeful for the future Uh, but yes it was so so wonderful talking with Andrea she is like I said just lovely Uh, the beauty on the outside it was very interesting talking to her about this because you know she has this, this dancer body that she was given that she has that she works for but it was definitely interesting hearing the other side of that because, of course, so many of us are strive to have this beautiful body. But it was so eye-opening to hear the other side of that where it's just as hurtful to hear someone say you're too thin as opposed to too fat. It's very similar. And also having casting directors tell you you're too pretty to be that funny which is just insane. But, uh, you know, man, the grass is always greener. So it was definitely um, eye-opening to hear the other side of that. Um, so please, please enjoy this episode of Mommy Wood with Andrea Vogart. Thank you so much. I know it is, uh, our time is precious as, as moms, so... I appreciate you taking your time. Of course. Um, So you have two beautiful daughters. How (laughs) old are they and what are their names?
1: So my first little girl is Emery and she is about to turn six. She'll be six in July. And then my second is Audrey and she's turning two the end of this month.
0: Oh, wow. Oh,
1: my (laughs) gosh. And thank you. Yeah, a they're joy. They're a joy.
0: girls.
1: <laughs> Do you have girls as well? Please tell I me. Have, I have one yep. girl. She'll be
0: the a girl. year next month. Okay. So, yeah, she'll... Awesome. She's 11 months
1: tomorrow. Tomorrow. Wow, so yeah, you're really in it still too. You're like, you're yeah. in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I yeah. have two older sisters too. So the, the sisterhood and the just feminine energy, you know, <laughs> I just... Love it, but um, we'll see if we have number two if it's a girl or a boy. If we even have,
1: Uh,
0: but but two is amazing.
1: I will tell you, I'll chime in. Two is amazing. Yeah, a lot of fun.
0: You get like a built in friend, right?
1: Totally. And, and, you know, I grew up with just one older brother and he had four daughters. So I know, you know, for the longest time I was just this aunt, right. To these four amazing nieces who I just couldn't get enough of. And I always kind of joke with my brother. I'm like, that's what you get for, you know, being so honorary to me. <laughs> you had four girls, four girls yourself, but yeah, there's, there's nothing sweeter. I never really saw the sister love and interaction until I had, you know, my nieces coming about and really seeing that bond with them. And yeah when I ended up having two girls I just thought oh gosh this is just gonna be so scrumptious (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: and they're such good ages so they're four years apart about
1: yeah
0: and that's like that's such a good age because like the older one can hopefully kind of like help a little but then when they're older especially they'll still be close in age because I have my sisters are two and six years older. And now it's like, we're all the same age.
1: Oh, that's so good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because, you know, uh, that wasn't really our plan per se, just because Eric, my husband, Eric and I met later in life and we're so fortunate to have, neither of us had children previously, neither of us had been married. And, um, you know, so I feel really, really fortunate. Both of us do. I think that we got to come into this with all this newness, right? And um, and we just figured we should try to have them as quickly as possible because we were older. Yeah. Um, and so Emory happened really fast naturally and then Um, after Emory, I mean, we struggled for like two and a half, three years. We just, I would get pregnant, but I would have miscarriages. So after that, we, we visited IVF and um, that's a whole nother journey in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I kind of ended up doing the prenatal yoga flows, because I felt like I had this, um, like I had two experiences, right? I had one where a very natural, easy birth. And then the second one that was a real challenge. And um, and, you know, anyone who goes through IDF, they know that that process is, it's long and it's a struggle and it can be really, um, it can really be draining on the relationship and on you. And um, I think Eric and I continued, we pinch ourselves a lot because we feel, you know, it was during covid embryo had to sit on ice for an extra long time because they shut down all the procedures. So there was a lot that went into little Audrey making it into this world, but we're so um, lucky. And I was also, you know, not to go totally on a different topic, but I was a little, I was a little um, like, no, if I'm supposed to have kids, it will just happen. And I didn't know that I should use the assistance of science to help, you know, navigate that. But man, I've never been more grateful for those for those opportunities and that science is here to really support women in fertility because I think we, we've all kind of known now there's more fertility issues now than we've ever been aware of. And um, I'm just so grateful. You know, I have a dear friend who at 47 gave birth to her baby boy. It's healthy and amazing. And through the help of IBS. So I, I'm really a believer in that process too. And just um, I hope that I give women hope who are older because my first was born, you know, I was 40 and my second two hours before I turned 45. So, so Audrey and I almost share a birthday too, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there's a little bit of like, how the babies came about right it's it's such a journey and everyone's everyone's journey is so unique and such a beautiful story and you know yeah and it's nice
0: that you've had like you said both sides of the coin where you're like so I'm sure you can relate to a lot of different people's stories because you have both sides of that well speaking of having children later in life was um because I feel like, especially as actors, there's all this, like, we uh, for me, I feel like it's like, well, you push back and you push back and you're like, well, if my, I want my career to be this way or, uh, you know, meeting the person and just everything lining up. And I feel like it's so hard to, um you know, make those decisions where you're like, okay, I want to start a family, but what was it for you making that decision to start a family?
1: You know, to take it back a bit, like I, I was in a long relationship earlier in my mid twenties to very early thirties for a long time. And in that relationship, you know, I just, I figured he was it. Like we had been together for so long, like he was the one we were gonna have kids and get married and, and all of it within our both thriving sort of acting careers. But then, you know, you realize it's not just your life, it's someone else's life too, it's someone else's choice. And um, I could really see an honor in my partner at that time that he just needed so much more uh, personally as an actor before he could really even be comfortable talking about those things. And as that became more evident, you know, I just became more, I think, accepting that like, this is okay. Like I can really love you. And I think you can love me, but we can honor that. Like, this is not, we're not going to, it's not going to end well, if we keep on this path, you know, and I, and I do get to an age or this pressured feeling of, you know, well, I'm so scared that like, maybe I will have a hard time having kids or, or those kind of things. Right. So yeah. Career-wise at that time, so when him and I ended, that was um, my like 32-ish, I had a lot of success around that age as well, too. I was on General Hospital for almost a year and a half, and so the things were booming, and there wasn't a real, I was teaching dance to children. That was really fulfilling for me. I had my four little nieces. There was some part of me that was sort of accepting that, well, now I'm also starting over, right? As far as I'm a woman who's 32 and I'm now going to be like, who, you know, is you start to think about your age more as relationship than I think anything else at that point, because I was never about, oh, I just want to have kids. I just want to have kids. I was like, I want to find a human who wants to have that with me in a very joyful and loving and excited, enthusiastic way. And I did not want to bring kids into this world unless I had that and that foundation, right? So mm-hmm. I think career-wise, like, you know, now to fast forward, um, I I started, uh, I, I got certified to teach yoga in 2011. That became a very healing practice for me that um, transformed my life, if I was to be very honest, wow. um, my, just from heartache to, um, you know, trouble with other situations, family at home, things like that. It really helped me, it really empowered me and um, got me feeling pretty comfortable with myself again, which was great and I really needed that. And so the career went in ebbs and flows. It was like, I was on the soap opera. I couldn't believe that I'd like turned two episodes into a hundred and something. And it was just this biggest gift I'd ever been given as an actor. And then, you know, other things were coming in. And when I, when my time ended on the soap as I was killed off, (laughs) um, when all, you know, the soap started combining to what, like one one soap per network and things just got decluttered, right? Mm I thought the door was just gonna be pounding and like people were gonna be, you know, oh, we'll just put Andrea on this soap now. Or I had, te- you know, I'd gone in yeah. for days of our lives so much, all these different things. You're, you're sort of, you know, I gained a lot of confidence and I really thought I would just scoot on to the next thing. Well, it got really quiet, <laughs> you know? And in that same time zone is when I was taking these amazing yoga classes through Matthew Ralston at Yoga Hop and then Andrea Markham with You Studio. And I just fell in love with yoga and what it was doing for my life. So that, those two teachers really inspired me to get certified. And then I have another friend, Jake Frere and Joe Comar. I started collectively meeting amazing yogis who um, inspired me to get certified. And because I'd been teaching dance, it felt like a very seamless transition. I was already very confident teaching a room, you know? Mm -hmm. And so then the acting career and the wellness career start like, oh my gosh, this is, I really love this. I really love showing up for classes. I really love seeing these people like come together time after time. And I'm feeling like their energy change and seeing their, whatever it is, getting stronger in their bodies. And and then my private uh, yoga clientele really started to build. And so I was, you know, cranking out yoga practices really early in the morning and then keeping my afternoons as largely open as I could for auditions. And Mm -hmm. then evenings, I would go back to a little bit of yoga. So it was very busy. Um, and as I I know really busy and, and truly a heart like struggle because I was thinking, okay, I didn't, I knew that if I started to get jaded in this business of acting, that like I started getting really angry, driving to auditions, I was just tired of the process a little bit, you know? And I mean, gosh, it's changed so much now, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, I did start to get, grumpy let's call it grumpy I was like I'm not having fun yeah I'm not having fun doing this and yet yoga was so fulfilling it was like sure I drive to a client's house that's a sure thing like I'm getting paid this person's going to benefit I'm benefiting this is awesome Mm -hmm. you know and so um really I think what happened in that process was booking jobs juggling juggling yoga things did start to brew in a more positive, very wonderful way. And I also joined the new Hollywood by co-founder, founder founder Brianna Brown, who's now Brianna Brown Keen. And so in 2014, there was a very good trifecta of things happening. Wellness. Mm -hmm. I was still auditioning and the wellness was really helping me not be so grumpy (laughs) about (laughs) about the acting jobs, you know, and, um, And then joining this women's amazing, you know, philanthropy group that was all about support and rising higher, shining brighter and giving back. And those three elements, like those changed me as well, you know, and I just started to see, um, that a, there was more beyond just acting that could be Mm -hmm. really fulfilling and feel purposeful and passion. Like I had a ton of passion teaching and, um, and I booked this little job at the end of 2014, a print job. And that's where I met Mr. Eric Allness, my now husband and Aww. father of two kids. Yeah. Super random print job. Eric's an amazing photographer, like world renowned. And his producer that day had said, you know, you should probably follow him on social media. Like you're going to want to see this picture. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. I never get to see print jobs, you know, that's like if, yeah. unless they show up somewhere. Right. So Cut to I did start following him on social media and he was following me and I sort of knew but didn't and anyway cut to it was six months later that I get an Instagram you know a uh, direct message and I, I booked a Nike commercial and I was going to be in San Francisco shooting it and I didn't even know but that's where he lived so he reached out and said you're going to be in my city can I take you out you know for a something. And oh, I was like, wow. yes. And this is only important to the careers question that I'll get back to is because this is where this big shift happened, right? I meet a Scandinavian photographer who's traveling mm-hmm. the world and doing amazing. And wants to take me out on a date. And as soon as we went on our first date, it was just, it was magic. It was like, we were so aligned. We were so open. We were both really wanted the same things in life. And then Eric was just in a position where I said, I'm not leaving LA yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm not like, I, if I, if I'm out of my city, I'm not earning an income. So I need to be yeah. in my city and I need to like continue do what I'm doing. I really love what I'm doing right now. And, and he was just amazing and he made it work. He would come down to LA on and off for two years, you know, and wow. live with me and my little apartment in Beverly Hills and, you know, and then we would meet in different pockets of the world just to, to try to lay this really good foundation for our relationship. And so, you know, the big question that you ask about like career and was there a, a decision-making, I think, it's, it was truly kismet. Like so many things aligned for me at once. It was like, I was still booking jobs and enough to be, you know, happy and making money. Mm -hmm. But I also was, I was not, I was definitely leaning a bit more into mindfulness and wellness. I was feeling more fulfilled from that. And I was feeling like, um, I'd been there for 17 years, you know, and I danced and I, I, you know, if I had to write down on paper, all my jobs, never in a million years, would I ever say I I could have done any of that. I mean, yeah. I came from a dance background, you know? And so I never was one to like, I didn't want to be super famous. I didn't want to deal with paparazzi. So I was kind of like riding a nice wave of, Comfort, you know, of yeah. where I was. Not that I wouldn't have loved to be like honest and calm, being funny, really showing what I feel like, my, <laughs> where sure, my heart yeah. really is. I would not have taken that away. Don't get me wrong. But what it, my point is, I wasn't so diehard that I couldn't see beyond it and other things yeah. that I wanted in life. And at that point, you know, now I'm teetering in on 35, 36. I'm really excited to meet Mr. Wright. You know, I'm really excited to meet the partner that I could share my life with. And Um, and it all just happened so beautifully and organically and wonderfully with him that it was kind of, I won't say easy because it was a big transition. You know, I was pregnant. I was, and and oddly enough, when I was four months pregnant, I got the first offer i had had in a very long time to do one of these lifetime movies, a lifetime thriller. And I was so scared that I didn't even want to tell them I was pregnant because I was afraid I wouldn't get the job. So I didn't. Until it was like day 10 and they were about to do a stunt where this woman had to like jump on top of me on my stomach. Oh, wow. <laughs> the only person I had told. Yeah. And so then I came clean and I was like, so we're just gonna be really safe today because I'm actually and they were like, What? You know, how did you not tell us? But anyway, cut to now, we're allowed to tell that we're pregnant, right, ladies, and we sure. can a yeah. lot more. Um but you know so so to really sorry a very long-winded answer no, for you I but I love it it's awesome. I think that it's always important to kind of give the pieces of the journey to, to help clarify like why I didn't just throw my acting career away and it's really amazing that Eric has been such an incredible supporter of that career and even since I've stepped out of Hollywood and moved up to Sonoma California where I now live um and did that in 2017 I have been offered more movies for a lifetime than I was when I was there, you know? And and that's been such a a fun blessing to keep me like just dabbling in what I love. Um, I got, you know, and then now that things have shifted so heavily into self-tapes, It's like you still get opportunities. It's this huge blessing you can take from anywhere, you know. And um luckily I still have a great handful of friends down in LA that I can work as a local hire if I need to and um and those sort of things. So, you know, when you make this shift into motherhood, I think it is so profound and truly so many things do kind of have to align for you and your partner Mm -hmm. to feel like, can we do this? Can we bring kids into the world responsibly? And we see a lot of that done, you know, whimsically or not thoughtfully. And then, you know, we have troubled kids, right? And so um, I just wanted to try to do the best setup scenario I could. And um, I feel like it's just been such an amazing ride, you know, but I feel also too, like, I know women, we teeter on this age. Right. And, and even though we do have the support right. of science, that support is incredibly expensive oh, and it, yeah. it's just not even doable for so many people, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um and that is, that's also like, hurts my heart, you know, as a mama where it's like, mm-hmm. Oh man, you know, I wish there's so many things I wish we could with our healthcare and <laughs> just make <Yeah>. much more, <laughs> much more feasible yeah. for the world, you know, yeah. that we live in. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, um, there's no one recipe, right? It really has to be all about like where you are, where your heart is and what you're thriving to achieve. And I just felt like I had done far more as an actor than I had really set out to do. Yeah. And um, and that maybe sounds whatever, it's I've never been more than like a B level. <laughs> but like I said, there was a lot of contentment from all of those jobs that I did do. And there was also some jobs that were not fulfilling and that really rubbed me wrong and started to make me feel like saddened by me not getting to do what I really wanted to do and being typecast or being put in this box, you know, a little bit of, you know, whatever it was, sexy roles, you know, stuff that just having a dancer background, a dancer body, it's like, you know, let's see what we can, can we get her in a bikini? Can we, you know, what can we get? Yeah. In? So, you know, you struggle with those kind of things too. And, um, and I think that I, there was a, definitely a few experiences that made me hit a little bit of a roadblock where I was like, I can leave this behind and I can move forward, um, mm-hmm. doing wellness and mindfulness because it's so great, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of you having a dancer background, because I know you went to Missouri State or Southwest Missouri State. Yes. Um, did you, were you a dance major? I was a dance minor. Okay. And yeah. then what made you, had you always wanted to act or what was that shift for you coming to LA and like, where did, how did you no get out here what's what where did it all start <laughs> yeah so because that's I a was big my- move and I know that your family's in Missouri too exactly. like mine and it's a it's it takes some guts to come out here sure. from, and um I don't think your family is in the business so it's it's a big like they might not understand either so what did that look like for you at the beginning
1: You know, I think just having a long career in dance that started, my mom put me in dance when I was three and then danced till 18. And every year, you know, that I was like 12 onward, it just became what else can I do, mom? Can I do tap? Can I do jazz? Can I compete? Can I tumble? Can I, you know, do sports afro? I did everything I could possibly do, I feel. And luckily enough, you know, when I, you know, was headed to college, um, I was. Uh, I auditioned for the Sugar Bear Dance Team, which was at Missouri State University, Southwest Missouri at the time. Oh, yeah. And um, and was accepted on the dance team before I was even accepted into the university academically. Oh wow! <laughs> so, which was very interesting. Um, they said yes, you can come and try out, but we still have to see what your ACT scores end up. And this is kind of a funny story because I don't test well, never have, and um, I had to end up getting letters of recommendation from my school, like um, sports. Um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to blank on his name right now. Dr. Barrow was his name, but he wrote me this um, amazing letter of recommendation of why he thought I would be an asset to the un- university. Okay. And then um, I had to write a letter to the Dean of Missouri State University as to why I didn't feel that those ATC scores reflected how successful I would be in the future, as I did. As yeah. I graduated with like a 3.8 and had a very great, you know, long three years on the Sugar Bear Squad. And my yeah. final year, I didn't do Sugar Bears, which was wild because we were so, we wanted to go on spring break. We didn't want to have to go with on one of the sports teams and dance. We were like, we want to go on spring break as our senior year of college, yeah. which is so silly. But I ended up helping coaching that year. And then I coached over at Kickapoo High School on a dance team. So, the the trajectory of like dance, that long sort of disciplined life of being a dancer, and then, um, and, and I minored in dance just simply because I was taking several dance classes at the time. Yeah. Um, and I majored in mass media um, with a little bit of broadcast journalism emphasis. That's what wow. I was thinking. Oh, I think I'm going to be a reporter or a journalist or something yeah. like that. Which is funny that those, all those elements have come into play as an actor and yeah. as a, a writer now, you know, you have such like a great that. voice for it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, so the transition from there, uh, my sophomore year of college, being at Missouri State, I got a show in Chicago and I was dancing for a special event show for Disney. Also, I had the first professional job I ever had was dancing for Disney when I was 17. And I did a show at the Fox Theater in St. Louis and was traveled out to California to learn the show. And it was when Buena Vista was doing these sort of big um, opening premieres for a new movie that was coming out. And they would like do these stage live stage shows in major cities um, to help promote the movie coming out. Mm -hmm. And um, those kind of got me in the Disney world, which I had never been in before either. Mm -hmm. Um, So I moved to Evanston, Chicago for a summer and did a show in Chicago. And when I did that show, a lot of those Disney dancers who I danced with in that show said, you should audition to go to Tokyo Disneyland. It's an amazing gig and they pay really well. And they only take like 20 American performers and you should do it. So anyway, I started auditioning. Sophomore year, got, you know, auditions, senior. And then finally on my senior year is when I actually got offered the contract. And they offered me a contract for a face character role though, like Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Evil Snow Queen, like the character tracks instead of the dancer role. And I was mortified. I was like, (laughs) no, I'm I'm a dancer, I have danced my whole life. Like I dance, I don't like, I'm not gonna wave in a parade and do that. Yeah. But to my dance teacher saying, Andrea Bogart. And she was like my hero, okay? <laughs> so she, I, I trusted everything Kathy told me to do, Kathy Blattle. And she said, Andrea, I, I feel that this is gonna be the best experience of your life. And it's like not mm-hmm. a time to turn something like this down. And she goes, I guarantee all the other characters are gonna be dancers as well. And you guys can like host your own dance classes and you can do, you can do that. And that's what we did they were all dancers they all wanted to dance Uh we rented studio space we would teach each other classes it was like having master classes with amazing dancers it was awesome Um, so that is what led me really my mom and dad amazing support system at home said after japan was kind of coming to an end that was an eight-month contract they said you know mom uh, or andrea you're not going to come back here and i was like i whoa I could go dance in Branson or Kathy was interested in maybe having partnership in the dance studio. I could possibly do that. Mm-hmm. And then I had a friend who I met in one of my other shows when I was 17, Mark Swanhart, and he wanted to move to L.A. too or New York. So we like were communicating you know, while I was in Japan saying, OK, we're going to do this. We're going to move to New York, or L.A. Yeah. and um Katsu, he ends up booking like the Chicago Fosse tour or something so he can't go with me now so now I'm like the lone wolf going oh my god am I gonna do this am I gonna do this go to LA on my own and my parents just gave me that total support and confidence that I could and you know yeah you know too it's a big move to leave yeah. your roots what your 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 entire family all of it you know and um yeah, I did the long car ride out, you know, caravaned over a couple of days and finally <laughs> landed, lived in North Hollywood for my first year with an amazing singer-dancer who really took me under her wing, Tara Bonilla. and she she helped me, like, get dance gigs right away and, get a, you know, helped me get an agent, and she also told me, you should jump in this acting class. This woman really loves dancers, Bobby Shaw Chance, and I started with her, and, and then it all just was like a tumbleweed. So yeah, huge support system at home. Yeah. I always say like, mom and dad, you guys never like asked me to come home. Most p- kids' parents like ask them to come home and they're like, no, 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 you, you're supposed to be out there. You're supposed to be doing something good, you know? So yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, I, I asked my parents the same question. So we got, it's always important to have blindly supportive. right? <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't know how they do it. So good yeah. on them for all that support oh i know like i don't know yeah where i'd be without that um so then um flash forward a long time to mm-hmm. moving from la to sonoma were you um because that
1: was before emory correct he was born in sonoma so yeah. i i moved here yeah Yep. So she, we moved here in 2017, literally a month before she was born. Yeah. Oh, so like, right. Oh my gosh. What a big move while you're
0: yeah. <laughs> not pregnant. What did, um, how did you choose Sonoma? And I know like before you had said, I'm not ready to leave LA. So what did, what, where did that shift come in?
1: A couple of different interesting things. Um, So Eric, as He had, as we met, or just before we met, he had actually invested in property in Sonoma as sort of a little city escape for himself because he lived in San Francisco and traveled Mm -hmm. the world, but he really was looking for more of a quiet place to retreat to when he was Mm -hmm. home as well. And so he bought these two little plots of land that were these old little cottages um, separated by a creek bed. And um, and started uh, renovations on one of them, you know, to possibly live in and stay. And it was just going to do one yeah. at a time, and yada yada. And so when we met, that was one of the places that he would say, like, "Hey, do you want to come up to Sonoma for the weekend?" And we would stay yeah. in this little rundown cottage <laughs> that was not <laughs> renovated yet. But we would bike along um, this road called Thornsberry Road, and it was this beautiful loop that, I mean, we literally just fell in love, like you know, biking around wine country and. Um, and so I had never been here before. I had only been to San Francisco once, uh, twice mm-hmm. maybe. Um, I'd done some work in Oakland, and then um, I had never been up to this area at all. I was like, I was thought it was Sedona. I'm like, wait, what? Arizona? Where are we? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know? And I just fell in love. It's so beautiful here. It's so tranquil. There is a lot of peace, and you're just surrounded by nature and a lot of beautiful things. You know? And. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that was very captivating, yet also very quiet. So I was like, oh, I don't really know what I, you know, what that would be like. It kind And I also wasn't sure if it was more of like a retirement community, like more older, this is where you come to like retire yeah. or, and, and you know, and tour and be a tourist. Um, but so um, when Eric and I did like back and forth two years, um, I more or less, you know, we both started falling in love with Sonoma. And as we sort of decided that uh, potentially we wanted to get married and have children, we both, Eric grew up in a small town in Trondheim, Norway, and, you know, out on land and um, quieter. And I grew up, you know, 20 acres of land mom and dad little house on a lot of land and gravel road to learn to ride my bike so there was definitely both of us had this yearning for a quieter slower pace to raise children in mm-hmm. um and you know and i think it was kind of interesting we went home for christmas to my family and as we, over those two years, we also flipped one of the, the uh, buildings and started Airbnb in it. So, and it became really successful. Eric has incredible style, beautiful Scandinavian, very clean aesthetic. And so yeah, I've seen we,
0: pictures. They're have you? Like gorgeous.
1: <laughs> They're gorgeous. And so, oh my gosh, now I've learned so much from him about that, you know, that world. And, um, and we made a family business out of it. So And at that stage, like there wasn't much I was doing to help facilitate it along at all. Obviously we weren't married. It wasn't mine. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I felt like I was a part of yet, Mm -hmm. but as we, you know, he was definitely including me in choices and, you know, you know, design choices and color palettes and things like that. So I started to get a little bit like curious and interested of how I could be supportive and help in this avenue as well. And So my brother, actually, when we went home for Christmas, he was the one who just like sat me down and was like, listen here, sister, (laughs) you know, and my brother just, he gave me a little bit of his two cents about how he's like, look, you love to teach. You can do that anywhere. You can build your yoga practice anywhere. And he said, and you've done so much with acting, you know, maybe like that ship has sailed, you know, and you know, he was trying to like read me the... (laughs) like, yeah. I think you're done acting sister, you know,
0: kind of <laughs> of
1: and, um, and then, you know, we looked at some houses in LA and we weren't really falling in love with anything in an area that we wanted to be. And, yeah.
0: um,
1: and I think it all just started to make more sense where I was like, well, if maybe I could be a facilitator and helping manage the Airbnb business, you know, and help you out while you're still so busy doing photography, I can build my yoga business, you know, anywhere really. And, He said, "If my team is willing to keep me here in LA, maybe I can still put myself on tape for certain things, or I can just come back down if there's a really a great guest star recurring or something, or a series regular. Like I can just come down and you know see what happens. Right? We can just kind of do both worlds, and that was really what what hit it like after Christmas. And then we talked to his family a bit about it too, and just we're taking inventory of opinions, but we ultimately Mm -hmm. knew we had to make the decision. You know? Yeah. And um, and it just became really clear that we both were." you know it was hard like again still hard but i also know myself and my nature of being like a chameleon to i love meeting people mm-hmm. i'm a social creature i've gone much more introverted i think since i've gotten older but i still very much love building community i love connecting people i love being connected to people so i knew that i would thrive you know wherever hopefully i was put Um, because I would make that choice for myself, you know? And um, yeah, and it's just been, I mean, truly a blessing to be here and to still get to work and act and put myself on tape and audition. And Eric and I, if I get an offer for a lifetime movie or something, we talk about, you know, expense versus what I'm going to make, where is it? Childcare, does it all make sense? And we just work it out if it's I read it and I'm like I really think this would be fun to do Eric's like Mm -hmm. let's make it work you know so I um I feel really grateful for that
0: yeah yeah Yeah. um do you think that because like I think you said you started getting more work later (laughs) on like either once you moved or just later (laughs) on do you think that's because you um kind of let That's that go like held it less maybe less precious or yeah. um or has becoming a mother helped you um inform your acting or just how is your yeah how is your acting like do you think that those two yeah
1: coincide? for sure I do. I, do. I think that a journey into motherhood and, you know, for two years prior to motherhood, I was writing a blog, Inspirational Addict, and now it's called Andrew Bogart Mindful Living, but, and it's really not a blog because I don't write as <laughs> much anymore, but I will. But, um, you know, those two years of writing and things like that were really to help me, um, propel myself into a better place. And because certain things were working really well, I felt a huge calling to share them. Mm -hmm. So that was part of that. And then, you know, yeah, it's like, so those dynamics of like writing and reading about things that were helping support my well being, and then sharing them. And then Mm -hmm. also journeying into motherhood. I mean, all of that changes like, you know, you're, I mean, you know, it's like your relationship now to things happening to other children in the world is far different than when you didn't have your own kids, you know, it's much more emotional. There's much more empathy. Um, I, you know, it's very difficult for me to actually hold the tears back at times when there are horrible things going on in the world with other, you know, families and children. Um, And so that combined with um, Eric's support and, you know, there's, there's, we all know, you know, when you're financially stressed or when you're just like, as an actor, you make a big chunk of money. I'd done really well. I'd saved a lot of money, um, from general hospital. And then just from consistently doing yoga and stuff, um, that sort of evolves you as well. Right. There's not a desperation for the job. Um, and then, and then, I mean, so much has shifted with me now. I mean, my manager and agent are like, you do the best tape self tapes we've like your acting is so, not even just so much better as much as you just hit every beat that you're supposed to hit. Like it's all on point right now. And yeah. so I can for sure say when you have the comfort of knowing that you don't have to take this job, that you mm-hmm. can take this job, if you get it, you can make choices for yourself that make sense. Um, I think that just the financial support of what I have in my marriage and in my life now has, I would be lying if I didn't say that impact my, um, what I exude as far as desperation or, you know, if I need this job kind of thing. Um, and so that, that again is something like I'm, I do not take for granted. And I thank Eric a lot for giving Mm -hmm. me this sort of this underlying confidence of being able to harness my craft more and not worry, you know, and I think people are capable of doing that without this, but it's all about the way we talk to ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. and the things we tell ourselves. So there's, you know, I want to say, Oh, I can give this credit, but it's also a, a test to, I think, me really diving into mindfulness and and developing a, a meditation practice and a strong yoga practice and really a loved like I just love and obsessed with growth mindset material. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that has all been a great recipe for me to give myself more confidence and also sort of this mm-hmm. sense of like, no, I've been acting for a really long time now. I don't have to take that job, you know, yeah. it, it like that. And there is I found there's a lot of power in no, and establishing rates for yourself. And, um, so yes, it's, it's been a beautiful dichotomy of like this recipe of comfort with marriage and financial stability and having children that also are much more of a priority now, you know, than yeah. it's like they're your everything. And so, yeah. you know, even at the end of last year, it was offered two movies and I never get offers back to back. And it was really a struggle whether I was going to do it or not, because Mm -hmm. I was away from my kids and it was the first time and Audrey's still quite little. And I didn't want to traumatize her in any way. Um, And, you know, I talked to a psychotherapist about it and she's like, this will not create trauma. This will create stress and emotional, like a little bit of jarring, maybe, you know, where she will wonder where you are and when you're coming back, even once you're back, um, if you're going to be gone for a long time. And I saw a bit of that for sure. But for the most part, I mean, Eric would send me videos and she would just run around the house and be mama, 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 see me on FaceTime, (laughs) hug and kiss the phone. And then she'd be fine. You know, I think Emery actually had a harder time because Emery and I, you know, we have such an emotional bond too. And she's used to her mama snuggles. And I think, you know, so, you know, it's definitely a little older,
0: a little more aware,
1: a little more aware. Yeah. 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 So get ready, mama. It's coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure
0: um what did what did the conversation look like for you telling your reps um both that you were um that you were pregnant and that you were moving to sonoma were they supportive of i mean i think you said you're still with them so seems like they were supportive of of both of those decisions
1: (laughs) Yeah, really supportive. I think my manager, you know, I've been with him for a long time and we started as friends and then became, you know, partners and working together. And I think he was definitely a little hurt to see that I was going to go, you know, um, that I was leaving and uprooting and and probably wasn't sure how much I would work, you know, and obviously yeah. at the time I was pregnant too. But man, so much support from my team, um, really. And like you say, I mean, just to now cut to I've been gone since 2017 and to still have them represent me and still, you know, go through the work of submitting me for things. And, and um, you know, me, you know, I do work really hard to get myself on tape. And I mean, as soon as Audrey was born, I, it was almost, it might've been a part of like my postpartum healing where I was, I was like, yes, I'm ready. And I was just auditioning and putting myself on tape so soon. And I was kind of like, okay, wait, let's digest this am i gonna am i gonna accept this job if i get it you know right. and yeah. and i wanted to be very careful of that because i don't also want to waste casting director's times. So, you know i have such oh. a respect for what they do um so yeah it was just a, it was definitely um you know the conversation was very much like i'm pregnant i'm madly in love you know um i'm going to we're we're talking about staying here not quite sure what we're going to do yet but um, you know, through pregnancy, of course. And then I got that offer for the movie. So they were all kind of still excited about (laughs) me doing something while I was pregnant. Um, you know, and then, um, and then, yeah, I think the move, you know, the transition was, okay, well you gotta, the conversation really becomes about what are you willing to do still? You know, what, what is going to make sense? Like, am I still going to put you out for a series regular that works in Atlanta? Or the show shoots in Vancouver or the show shoots back here in LA? Are you going to be willing mm-hmm. to uproot your life? My first couple of years, that was a big no. I
0: right. said,
1: absolutely not. I am here. I will do recurring guest stars. I would love to do film if we have any great films, you know, things like that. But I, I'm not, we just bought a house. I'm in like a dream house. I don't, yeah. I don't want to uproot and move anywhere with a small baby. Mm-hmm. And then now the struggle is a little bit, cause I got my girl in a great school, you know, and she's yeah. going to be in first grade next year. And mm-hmm. she's had an amazing kinder year. And I think about how I grew up going from K through, you know, high school with my same people. Yeah. I got my best friend Andrea from two years old, our dads worked together. We went to whole our school our whole lives together. My best friend Tammy and Jill. You know, it's like you create these friendships when you are, when you have the luxury of being at a yeah. school system your whole life. Um, but I also now I, I think there's incredible value in traveling with your kids. I think homeschooling is pretty amazing. Cheers to all the mamas who endure that because I yeah. I, I could I don't think I have it in me. But I think it's incredible for the moms who are doing that Um, and dads and, you know, caretakers, all of you. Um, And it's yeah. So it's. um, Yeah, it's been it's been and they still are just so supportive. So it's, you know, like I just auditioned for a series regular a couple months ago when we had a smallish pilot season. And my husband, it it kind of, we just have conversations a lot. So anytime something comes my way, I read it. I take a look at it. I tell my husband about it. I say, if there's people attached to it, what network it is, what the money could look like. And then we just make a decision. Do am I going to audition or not? You know? And um, so we just kind of take it on a case by case basis now, but, Mm -hmm. and I have an agent up here in, um, in the city, in San Francisco, I'm with stars agency. And I have just a little plug for them. I, Mm I, I did some motion capture work when I was down in LA. I did like a David Fincher commercial for Nike where they turned my one body into like an entire cheerleading squad. So I have a little bit of motion capture under my belt. Yeah. And I moved up here and there's this amazing, um, 2k sports studios, like huge sound stages where they're turning all of these, uh, basketball teams into video games. So I, oddly enough, I have gotten in with them and they're, I work, you know, this year I've worked about 15 days. It's like a couple days a month. It's very easy. Yeah. It's 30 minutes from my house. It's a beautiful drive. It's a SAG job. I am working with the most delightful, fun people.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: And that has been, I, I like, I cannot say how grateful I am enough because <laughs> that has been, that has been a really sweet little gig to have, um, you know, yeah. on the side here, up here and it's motion capture. I'm a very physical person. So it's fun for me. It's fun to when to do
0: it um so it's been a great little interesting gig too yeah that sounds awesome uh well that's definitely a testament to um to your acting ability of how supportive and like your agents were or your reps were saying like that your tapes are better than they've ever been um but speaking of being a physical person, how was that whole transition for you becoming pregnant? And then afterwards, since, um, since, like you said, I mean, I guess that's difference with age, too. But like, like you said, you have a dancer body and the things that they were, you know, pigeonholing you into, did mm-hmm. that have any stress for you or, um, or was the mindfulness, um, just a whole, uh, able to take yeah, care of I mean, that for
1: you as well. You know, that is a practice and it's a daily practice for me. I mean, right now I'm working on just being like calmer in the state of needing to rush, you mm-hmm. know, like getting my little girl ready for school in the morning. I don't want to have this frantic hysterical. You got to go, you got to brush your teeth. You got to get your shoes on but she was yeah. like a snail my little bee so <laughs> it's hard not to but i'm just i'm working so the 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 ritual of constantly being in practice with myself and my mm-hmm. um you know my character flaws or the things that i'm not really applauding for mm-hmm. um is it is a daily practice it truly yeah. is you know um and i think when it comes to my physicality i you know i think giselle said this once where she's like i have a high metabolism you know but it, there, is, there is something to that where I I definitely was blessed with a high metabolism and an ability mm-hmm. to burn calories fairly easily. Um, and like it or not, you know, the same with someone telling me, oh, I look so skinny is is the same sort of degrading feeling that someone gets from sure. feeling like they're too heavy, you know? So mm-hmm. there there's definitely been, if anything, there's usually been a struggle with me of trying to keep a healthy weight look for myself. Yes. So- um, and I breastfed, I'm still breastfeeding my child. <laughs> I'm like two years old, we're done. But <laughs> breastfeeding really has, I think, been something that has uh, supported weight loss for me to the point where I have to work to put weight on mm-hmm. Um, and I also struggled with supply a lot. I can't believe that I'm still breastfeeding her, but, but I was never able to solely breastfeed feed her both girls, um, because I didn't have it. I wasn't producing enough. My body yeah. didn't quite do that, but, um, you know, so when it came to sort of like physicality and body image and all that kind of stuff, I mean, I personally loved being pregnant. I loved it. I mean, and I was very fortunate that I had two really like good pregnancies. I wasn't sick. I had very little nausea. Um, You know, the end of like with Audrey, I gained so much more weight faster. So even though I, in total, I only gained like two or I think maybe five pounds more than I did with Emery. I gained the weight a lot quicker. So I was Your like, body's like I know what's happening. Exactly. <laughs> and so that was really shocking for me because I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to be able to like hide this as long. And my ankles got, I got like, re- I was just retaining so much water in my legs. I mean, even my husband and I, we joke about it. It's like the butt that I had, cause I've never had a, like a you know, a healthy looking big, butt. <laughs> So but my, but my bum, wow. I was like, I want to tone this while it's this size. So I can try to keep it a little bit. I mean, we just, we had such good laughs about it and we still do, but the butt fell right back off. I'm still struggling to like try to have a butt, um, <laughs> but you know, it's, um, it, I think when it comes to that there, you know, our female bodies, Oh my gosh, they go through so much through pregnancy. And, yeah. um, you know, not to make it all sound like it was just a walk in the park for me because it wasn't. And there was mm-hmm. moments where I was just crying and I was so like, oh my gosh, I am just so ready for this baby to be out, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was five days overdue with Audrey. My endocrinologist mm-hmm. was like, okay, you, I don't want to scare you, but she's like, you should not go overdue when you're past 45 or, you know, or you're in late 40, mid 40 mm-hmm. and you're, um, and you're an IVF. And I, she's like, please go to the hospital and have that baby today. <laughs> so I was like, oh what? Yeah. And I wanted to try to have her natural, which is also crazy, uh, you know, mm-hmm. but I did, which is b- b- bananas. Um, That's but. Great. It's. I didn't with Emery, but with Audrey, I was and I wasn't even like determined. I went in with like a very open plan of like, this is what I would like to do, but I will, yeah. I will do what needs to be done, you know? Um, And I just was fortunate that her divine timing really came in my favor when I was like hitting my breaking point and like yeah. called for the anesthesiologist for an epidural they were like, oh no, she's coming right now. So I was like, great. Thank you, Audrey. (laughs) But, um, you know, it is a struggle and my heart goes out to, I have some amazing women that even here in Sonoma, and then there's an app called mothership rising that really supports Mm. this postpartum journey. And, um, more and more, I'm seeing women's circles coming together and, you know, uh, yoga retreats or just mindful retreats geared towards moms who Mm. we do, we, we, there's a lot of struggle within the body image, the, what our bodies go through and the hormones. I mean, I think the hormones are sort of the biggest challenge, right. Mm-hmm. Is to, is to figure out, and we don't really know what they're going to do, you know, so it's yeah. can be out of control. Um, and I just found that, you know, my recipe, I have a lot of little rituals that I do and things that I stay really connected to when it comes to healthy food and, and making sure I move my body daily doesn't always, you know, have to mean a Peloton ride or a crazy yoga practice. I mean, it's very yeah. minimal. It's like me just walking my daughter for a walk, but I make sure I try to move daily. And um, you know, the pressures that come along with that are, I think usually the pressure that we put on ourselves. And so, you know, it's about working um, to peel those layers back and realize how you can get to that place of self-love and, and be accepting of like what your body's going through. And Um, it's so easy to sometimes to just look down at the human that you're nurturing and that you're taking care of and that you birthed and, and remind yourself, like, this was a big deal. This was a big deal for my body, you know? Um, (laughs) And, you know, as far as being, luckily, as I was transitioning kind of into yoga and wellness and, um. I feel like the roles started to shift a bit for me too. I and and just Mm -hmm. with age naturally, I was getting more of the suburban mom roles, you know, um, versus this, you know, whatever role I used to sort of pigeon, you know, felt like I was pigeonholed into. Um, And that's been fun for the lifetime. I mean, there's that's that's probably been more fun for me than anything to just be this like normal suburban mom who's like you know, had some tragedy happen and now she's being stalked and she's going to try to end it well, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said like last couple of years, I've been putting out into the universe, like how badly I just want to do Christmas movies. And like every director I work with, I'm like, guys, you see how happy I am and joyful. Like I'm ready to do some fun stuff. Yeah. Give me some like <laughs> sprinkle Christmas cookies and let's do this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Completely. So, you know, the pressures I think of a lot of that stuff, um, have really been supported through just mindfulness you know and growth yeah. mindset and staying really curious about who i am and how i operate and you know, when I'm not feeling so good, like how can I segue this into, well, let's figure out what's going to make me feel better. And, um, right. you know, yeah, my poor husband, if you asked him I mean, he's got to listen to me a lot, you know, <laughs> but that's another big thing that I've worked on a lot. It's like, yeah. does that need to be verbalized? Yeah, oh, I can, I can just write that down in a journal, <laughs> but thank you for asking that. That's a good question to ask yeah. and to share about, cause we all go through that stuff,
0: you know? Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's a big transition. And so many people, you know, talk about how after birth and they feel like they don't know that the, they don't know the body that they're in anymore. And luckily I didn't go through any of that. I mean, some of my shorts don't fit anymore, but besides (laughs) that, I feel still, I, I still feel at home in my body, not necessarily always comfortable in my home but Mm -hmm. but it's my home regardless so it's nice that you have um the yoga and your mindfulness of being able to move your body and feel good in your body um um. Oh, I lost. I totally lost what I was just going oh, to do. Sorry. Ask. No, no, no. Not because of you. We'll blame mom. Blame. <laughs> um, but is your um is your husband like obviously he's supportive and understanding of um this uh your mindful and your yoga and is he on a similar similar um track with you on that or is he more of um mm-hmm. you're like hey let's let's yeah. make sure doing this or whatever you know
1: when we first met um he was he had been a yoga practitioner so he had already done a lot of yoga on his own um he worked for a photographer for years in his younger earlier um apprentice you know years up and coming as a photographer and and he was a yogi so he was as his assistant like drugged to yoga classes sometimes with him (laughs) which i thought was amazing (laughs) So, you know, we did a lot of yoga together when we first met and I would give him yoga privates a lot, you know, it just, it was super fun. Um, And then here, I would just say in the last year, like since Audrey's been born, it's been harder for him to get to my class. He used to always come to my Friday morning class and he still dabbles in, you know, here and there. As far as growth mindset, Eric is a super growth mindset person. And we, we, we share a lot of podcasts that we love. We share a lot of books that we both have gotten something out of. Um, We're both very much on a path of staying curious about who we are, curious about our relationship and about moving forward, you know, and in a good way. And that, I mean, I know how hard that is to get aligned and we're not always in sync. You know, There, there, there's for sure like moments where, you know, we talk a good talk about all the things we want to do. (laughs) And we both, we both try to support each other in execution, because I think when you do have two small kids, you know, again, it's very easy to lose sight of what you said you were going to do that day. And Mm -hmm. suddenly, you know, the day has shifted. And so, you know, I think the biggest thing we found too, is just to stay open. You know, we have to, we, you know, our Airbnb business is, it's one of the top, Airbnbs if you search in the county of Sonoma and even yeah. in California and so we we have Eric is amazing at customer service and he, you know he's getting me on board to <laughs> be sometimes it's it's um he handles things better than I would you know um but but I'm learning too like this is an amazing business that he was so wise to invest and sort of create and now we've done it together and we're managing it together and um So there's a lot that goes into having to pivot very quickly when we have Mm -hmm. things arrive. Um, And, and sometimes I think what sacrifices the most is our self-care. Like we, it's the thing that gets shifted to the back burner, the quickest, you know? Um, So it's a, it's a bit of a juggle, right. Of like figuring out how to stay in tune and you're like, no, today's the day. Like I have to run, like I need to run Mm -hmm. today. And he knows too, like, I'm pretty vocal about if I'm like, i need to sit and take a yoga class or like i need to meditate today and i haven't eaten even myself gone into a yoga studio and taken a class for myself in a long time. You know, I have my mentor in LA who I mentioned earlier, Andrea Markham, she's, thank God she pivoted it online and she does <laughs> retreats all over the world. So yeah. I just do, I do her classes online when I can. And, um, and I would, I'm like jonesing, drooling, salivating over the idea of going on a retreat with her again one year, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah. So we're very, I think that's why we initially fell in love too, is because we were very aligned with like yeah. growth mindset and mindfulness and Eric is definitely taking a bit of a turn into real estate right now. He's he's loves listening to a couple of podcasts that not only are about educating, educating us in real estate, but also just current events and like the economy and what's happening right now. There's a lot, a lot, a lot going on um, that could deeply impact, you know, all of us and our investments and our businesses and things like that. So um But yes, we are very like-minded in those avenues and we, we raise our children, you know, we say gratitudes before our dinner and there's things that we are very much aligned for that feels really, really good. And when we're not really on the same page, typically like I will sit us down and we just, we try to get there, you know? And, and so it's good, but yeah, I mean, it would be, um, I wish I was a runner because I used to run a ton, and then I decided that's terrible for my knees and ankles, and I can't do it anymore. But Eric mm-hmm. loves to run, so when he when I you know when he really loves to get a workout in, he'll just he takes off and go go goes for a run. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've been I've been on him. I've been like, hey, I kind of miss you know miss having you in yoga class. You know, so just, <laughs> I, I plant little I plant little seeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um. Oh, I was gonna ask, how do you manage? How do you you yourself um continue to find the passion and the creativity even to do the self tapes because obviously you you, like you said you're um like you're able to you have other things that will take care of you like emotionally physically financially so how are you able to keep that passion like when you get an audition because I know sometimes I'll get an audition and I'm like Mm oh I have to do this audition Mm -hmm. which is never a good (laughs) mindset to have right right so I guess is it
1: mostly yeah how do you find that is it what is it right so maybe there's a, an element, cause this is a great question too, that I haven't thought about. Um, I used to love being in acting class. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. And I would be in class as much as I could possibly afford truly. Yeah. Um, and I think I, cause, cause not only are you obviously practicing your craft, but you are learning by watching everybody else, right? You know, it's just like watching a great series, you know, or something you learn a lot. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that most of the roles that have come my way lately just it's like I I get so excited to play you know whether it's something really close to who I am or someone pretty far stretched from who I am I go oh my gosh like I got this you know and Mm -hmm. I I think I just get excited about that dynamic of playing still yeah partially probably because I'm not in an acting class the way I used to always love to be. And that was the playground, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um Sarah Jessica Parker, I recently saw something she said on the SAG Aftra app, um the fund, you know, um on Instagram. And I really love hearing what a lot of those successful actors have to say about what kept them going and what why they keep doing it. And I remember her saying that every audition is truly a step closer to a job. And it's also an opportunity to just play, you know? And I think earlier in my career, I was so nervous, you know, there was a lot of nervous energy of not being sure of myself, not really knowing who I was, who am I, what roles am I trying to get? What roles am I going to get? You know, what, um, I always, I, if you ask my best friend, Andrea, she was like, you're going to be on Saturday Night Live. You're like Gilda Ragnar. It's so crazy, the, the crap that you do, you know? And I always thought I was going to be on a sitcom or do something really funny. Um, yeah. But that is not really, the, I, I got a couple of sitcoms and I remember one casting director, God, I, could, I wish I could remember who it was. She lowered her little glasses and she goes, my, you sure are funny. And I was like, and she goes, really, truly, I have not had a very pretty girl come in and be this funny in a very long time. Yeah. And I thought, and she goes, "But you're too pretty, so don't try to ride that funny horse." And I was like, "Oh no, I'm not like, like, job." <laughs> yeah,
0: that's interesting. There's always, man. There's always other, you know, things we don't know. About. <laughs> like, you
1: know, oh. if if we knew now, Ugh. like if we knew then what we know now, right? Like, yeah. I love for some for some, you know reasons social media can be a great tool i love oh, hate it right yeah. but it can be a great tool and so for things like that when i look at the sag after and I, I look at you know these actors and telling their stories about how they got to where they are or what kept them going or those things and i do allow t- myself to feel inspired by that because um you you see and i worked on the other side of things for a minute too i worked in production on the movie money ball i was like the baseball coordinator's assistant oh, and nice. i saw how quickly the director made a decision about who was going to play the picture for the Oakland A's. Mm. And it had, he wasn't looking, reviewing his resume and he wasn't looking at like all of his credits and you know, where this kid was from or anything. It was like, this kid just had a better hook on his throat. Mm. And the kid who got it ended up being like way less of an actor, was going to go pro and had an injury and was like a, you know, minor league baseball player. So, and then here, this kid that was up against him and I saw that kid's resume and I thought that kid's heart is going to be broken today. Mm -hmm. But I saw so clearly how it comes down to so little that has to do with you sometimes, you know, it's your hair color, the color of your skin, the your eye shape, your if you remind them of somebody. You know, we've heard this now, but we didn't hear this two decades ago or a decade ago. Mm-hmm. We there wasn't these open conversations as much in on social media where all of it's being thrown in your face to be like, oh, well, I probably just didn't get it because I was like five foot seven and they needed five foot two. Yeah. yeah. You just you beat yourself to a pulp just because you're not, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you know, and that is probably. I think the single best thing I've learned, you know, about being an actor, is like, if I'm gonna give my best and do my best, that is all I can absolutely do.
0: Yeah.
1: Everything else is not in my hands. So the only time I would really feel disappointed, I feel in the, you know, when I would go for auditions in LA, and there was plenty where I didn't feel like I worked hard enough on the audition. I did not get off book. I didn't prepare myself fully. And that obviously you walk in the room and there's a different air about you. You're not as, you know, you're not as confident, Mm -hmm. all of those things. So, you know, in that avenue, I would just tell everybody, man, do your homework and just like know it inside and out. So you can just play and just have fun and do your very best because that is all we can do, you know? And when you're not doing your best, then you can be hard on yourself, you know, be hard on yourself (laughs) and you should, you know, and you should, and there's, if I could turn back time, oh my gosh there are so many, so many opportunities where I was like, why didn't I study more for that? Why didn't I get off book? Why didn't I just prepare, you know, five more minutes? But yeah. I think too, there's, there's such a struggle in the business where you realize you get in the room and sometimes you feel like you're not even worthy of getting in the room. Like, you know, your manager had to beg to get you through that door mm-hmm. and you just know you don't have a chance. And so you walk in with this ugh, deflated feeling of like, And sometimes you're treated that way in the room too, and you know it and you can feel it and it just sucks the wind out of you, you know? And then there's times you walk in, you feel so welcome, so honored, so like that person is cheering for you, you know? And that feels amazing. So it's just such a tricky business, isn't it? Yeah. So many, so many like highs and lows and, you know... um, And just yeah highs and lows really
0: (laughs) well hopefully you're able to because i know as moms we're just as hard on ourselves as we are as actors so i mean we have to be like you said kinder to ourselves as actors but then to have that same mentality as mothers as well to be like because the mom guilt and just the idea that we're supposed to feel mom guilt (laughs) it's like just that you're there you're doing your best as long as you're doing your best these little ladies are gonna be oh my gosh
1: (laughs) yeah and even when you're not your best you know being willing to say like I'm not my best self today tell your kids like There's, I've learned so much value in being able to look at my little girl and say, hey, I raised my voice there and I, that is not what I meant to do. You know, Mm -hmm. you didn't deserve that. Or I'm so sorry that I told you you were going to get to do that and we didn't get to. You know, it's like, you know, treat your humans the way. I mean, I see this to Eric a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. if we actually treated each other, sometimes a little bit more like we're trying to teach, teach our, treat our kids. We'd probably communicate better, you know, <laughs> yes. yeah. because yeah. it's like, we're all, you know, we are, yeah. And we have to just be so graceful with ourselves. You know, I think at the yeah. end of the day, it's, there's so much pressure out there. And I, I say, you know, if you can't use social media or your devices or things like that as means to inspire you, Mm -hmm. then get rid of it you know get rid of it if there's stuff that is just you know taking the life out of you comparing yourself making yourself feel less than do not look at it do not do not be a part of it you know Mm -hmm. it is um I just finished reading this book uh change your paradigm change your life by Bob Proctor Mm -hmm. 85 year old very wise man And um, I learned, I I get so many amazing resources by being in the New Hollywood, which is also Brianna's uh, created this incredible guidebook called Manifesting Your Mission. And um, we're doing a retreat together this weekend in Sonoma. I'm so excited on Saturday and Brianna's coming up for it. And she's going to share a lot of that wisdom that I've been benefiting from since 2015, since I joined the group. And That's another tool, you know, that really helps me um, as a mom stay creative, stay excited, stay focused on things that I want to create and do. And and I value it so much because as a mama, it's so easy to like, oh my gosh, I have like now that my kids are both in activities. I, I forget to even like a of time that I'm driving back and forth from those things. And that is time that I'm not actually going to be writing today, or that's time that I won't actually be able to get on the Peloton or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it's, it's become just a really valuable tool for me to use as well as I've made the shift into motherhood to take my year, condense it month by month by month, down into the weeks, down into the days. And I mean, everything is in my calendar and it's, If it's not in the calendar, like Brianna says, it won't get done. (laughs) So so it's been a really useful tool though, you know, to help keep me on track. And um, like you say, you know, confident and giving yourself grace. And, you know, at the end of each month, I do a thing where it's like, I I write down what my kismet moments were, what my hurdles were, what my obstacles, my blessings. And you start to see the repetition and writing that stuff is good. And that's what brings me back to the Bob Proctor material He's so much about repetition and about, you know, as we learn lines, like we study them over and over again, right? Right. Well, what kind of things are we telling ourselves daily? You know, what kind of things are we feeding our brain? We have to reprogram ourselves a lot because someone said something to us once that really hurt and we hear that over and over again. Yeah. We'll get that out of the way and replace it with something new that you believe in. You know, I mean, I've been writing 10 gratitudes a day since January and writing them. And Brianna had told me one of our coaches, she said, look, if you can't write it, just at least like go through while you're brushing your teeth. And I'm like, no, it almost feels odd now if I don't write them. I love writing them. Mm -hmm. And, and then I write one phrase down as just like a seed that I'm trying to plant for myself. It's like a, um, an affirmation and I'm just becoming such a good believer in that kind of work, you know, really planting the repetition of who you want to be? Who do you want to show up? Like, I'm a late person. I can't stand that I'm a late person. But you know what I am? I'm an early person. I'm telling myself I'm an early person. And Bob Proctor even says every person should take an an acting class at some point. Because if you can't be what you're trying to be, you better start telling yourself you are so that it it, it, you evolve into it, you know? And so I'm just, yeah, I love his material. And I read the book three times in a row. There's some really good stuff in Dr. Amen too, Daniel Amen with um, there's a book called You Happier, which I found to be incredibly profound. But a lot of this comes from um, Brianna's work that she does and shares these incredible tools and resources. And I'm just uh, grateful, man, because they're helping me, helping me all (laughs) through the life. (laughs) Well, then I guess
0: that would be your answer for my last question, unless you have something in addition of, um, what has been your, your lifesaver at the moment?
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I would probably say just the, um, yeah, I mean, it truly gets my family. I mean, they are my lifesaver, you know, Mm -hmm. all it takes is really getting present and grounded with my family Mm -hmm. to know that everything is okay. Yeah. You know? um, there's so many tools and other things I can access as resources to help me. But the end of the day, when I am like at dinner and sitting around the table and I have my one and a half year old folding her little hands to remind us that we're about to do gratitudes before we eat. I know that I'm doing something right, you know, and Mm -hmm. my husband and as a partnership, we're collectively doing something right. And, um, and I can just, you know, it, it really does change. Like if you can sit in gratitude, it will shift your energy immediately, yeah. you know? And I mean, Bobby, it's Bob Proctor. He's like, he says, you know, if you're angry at someone, send them good energy because it does you no good to have the bad energy about them and right. is right. So, you know, it's, it's all stuff we know. We know it. It's about yes. execution and repeating and doing these things because they serve us well over and over again. So yeah, my lifesaver is truly getting grounded and present with my family and, and mostly gratitude. Just yeah. feeling what I'm so grateful for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> uh well, I love seeing your your girls and your beautiful life from I mean through Instagram as a positive thing. <laughs> it is so nice to to see everything. And I'm glad you're doing so well. And I appreciate mm. you talking with me and yeah. um and being on the podcast. It's um It's been so great talking to you. I know, like I said mom time is very precious.
1: So I yeah. appreciate it so much. Of course. Oh my gosh. And congratulations on your podcast and bringing light to this, this energy of like moms who are doing a lot, you know, it's a beautiful space that you're holding for, well, for us mamas. So thank you for creating it. And I hope you enjoy it. And I hope, you yeah. know, it brings you great, great love and peace and all of those things too, you know, cause we're all in this together, girl. <laughs> we are. We, yeah. we sure are. Yeah. And thank you. I feel honored that you you asked me to be on i know we talked about it i think before audrey was born and now it's like a year you know two later and she's here and (laughs) got to do it and share a little bit more so thank you thank you so much and i wish you and your little baby girl so well too
0: and that's our episode thank you so much to my guest and a special thank you to my producer cecilia Tripp with laurel canyon creative and thank you to edith mudge for our theme music and I hope you enjoyed having a look into Mommy Wood. Don't forget to follow Mommy Wood Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And please give us a nice review and a few stars while you're at it. We would appreciate it so, so much. And take care.